Hello and welcome to Backchat, your podcast all about scoliosis, yoga and back care. My name is Christine Jaregiberry. I'm a yoga teacher, creator of the Yogaberry Yoga for Scoliosis community and YouTube channel. And this show is all about supporting you on your scoliosis journey. So if you're looking for practical advice and inspiration on how to manage the condition with yoga and movement, then you're in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Backchat. Welcome to Yoga Berry, your yoga for scoliosis community. I can see some of you are waiting already. Some of you are joining us already. Um, I can see Daniel is here. Um, so let us know. Obviously, feel free to use the chat to introduce yourself, to let us know where you are from, as always. And those of you who are new, my name is Christine Jaregiberry, and I'm a yoga, te yoga teacher, and I specialize in um, teaching yoga for those with scoliosis. And we're doing this sort of chat every week, and sometimes I have a specific topic that I chat about. Sometimes I have an interview guest as well. And um, today, before I, I bring her on, um, today I've got a lovely guest and she is, she is one of my teachers um, and I'm sure you will really, really enjoy teaching her. Uh, sorry, you will enjoy um, listening to her as well and learning from her as well. Hi, Laura is saying hi, Christine. Um, today's class was so nice. Thanks. Uh, thank you so much, Laura. That's lovely to hear. And Liz is saying hello as well. Good to see and hear you, Christine. Yes. <laughs> Good. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in and for supporting us, obviously, as always. Those of you who are not a um, Shine member, so just little announcement. Um, I've got a sale on until Sunday, the 13th of March. So you've got another four days if you want to sign up for the Shine Yoga for Scoliosis membership at half price for your first month. Um, and you will find the description, you will find the link in the description below. You'll find the direct link with the discount code that you could use as well. So hope to see some of you in the Shine membership very soon. And we've got a weekly practice every Wednesday um, on Zoom so we can all see each other, which is great. And then we've got some guest workshops as well. And there's a full library of all the guest workshops in the past. And we had some strength training. We had a workshop about osteoporosis. And then Adeline, my teacher, is also going to teach a workshop very soon. So I'm sure she's going to tell us all about this as well. So let me bring her on right now. Um, so there she is. So welcome, Adeline. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and tell us, tell us where you are at the to moment. Your community. <laughs> yes, thank you. Sorry, there's a little bit of a tiny little bit of a delay. So I try not to talk over you. But yeah, tell us a little bit where you are right now, and maybe a little. Give us a little introduction because you've been on this back chat a couple of times already um, but maybe for those of you who are new um, what is it that you do and who do you do it for yeah I was born in Malaysia I am based in London now 
so I live in London. I um, teach in London, mostly Europe. Uh, but at the moment, I'm visiting my parents, so uh, I'm in Malaysia again. So it's it's uh, late in Malaysia right now, but I'm really excited uh, to be on this um, chat with you because I, I see all the work that this community has put together and come together and sharing so much. So I'm really excited to be invited to to speak and uh, chat here. Me. Um, I come to uh, my practice some twenty um, odd years ago uh, because of my scoliosis. So I lived with scoliosis. For those of you who are not so familiar with my history, my background, and um, I haven't got a fusion, but I nearly had one. I nearly was going to have the operation, the surgery for the Harrington rod. Um, but I did uh, manage to help myself lots with uh, yoga, with my practice, and that's what uh, the topic today we're going to be discussing like what what sort of style or approach or yoga that has uh, been most helpful at least i can speak for my experience and for uh, quite a few of my students many of my students experience uh, about what has worked um, for different people different personality different people students yeah um what else is there anything else that you would like me to add? Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's great. And I think um, it would be such a relevant topic, obviously, for for um, a lot of people. And I always get asked this this question, you know, which which style or which type of yoga is best and, and what should I be doing? Because I think a lot of people um, are scared or they don't want to do, obviously, anything that hurts them at the end of the day, which is which is uh, which is a very sensible thing to to think. And they so it might be this, it might be this. I don't want to do anything that hurts me, um, but also wanting to know what is maybe the best to work with my scoliosis. Yeah, um, I have a special interest in uh, scoliosis because of my personal experience, obviously. But I have to already say at the beginning that what has i mean over the years what has really also helped me it's restorative yoga and um until i then uh, have a more steady stable meditation practice that really shifted my my relationship with the condition um so yeah i'll be sharing some some of these um later yeah mm. good so how how do you want to start what do you think would be a good way for us to kind of to dive into this topic the first thing that i would like to start is for the fact that those of you who are tuning in right now listening to this whether it's live or recording um i would love to uh, have all of us acknowledge that we are fortunate to have yoga in our lives that you have landed yourself here that you have met yoga and yoga is supporting you and you have chosen it to be um part of your life and living so that i'd like to namaste <laughs> to all the um lots of teachers that have uh, passed on these uh, teachings to us today that we have it um and i'd like to start with sharing with you some of you might already know uh, my history but i'd like to share a little bit about the styles of yoga that i've probably been uh, ex uh, have explored and then um yeah take it from there if there's 
any questions that uh, that's coming in from the chat, feel free to pop it uh, in also as and when, and I'm sure uh, Christine mm. will ca catch it for me. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, Everyone, so feel free to use the chat first, and maybe yeah. maybe tell us which um, style style of yoga you are maybe familiar with or maybe want to know more about. Yeah, definitely. That would be most helpful so that I could um, also in, um, include that into the discussion and, and all. So um, I, when I first started um, my journey, um, I don't know nothing from like what style of yoga. I just dropped myself into a class, which happened to be, I think, a vinyasa class or at least an ashtanga class. Rather fast-paced, flow, power-ish class. Um, but at that, at that time, my body felt good um, just moving because I've really been sedentary and, and not been active at all because I'm just bracing myself most of the time from pain, from uh, um, afraid to hurt myself, my scoliosis. I was already experiencing lots of pain and sciatica at that point, which was only in my late teens, uh, twenty when I was like in my 20, early 20s. And um, it felt good. Um, for a while, for a couple of months, it felt good because I started moving my body. But then eventually, it it, it, it almost feels like it felt good and that it just tapered off um, where I don't see very much improvement in terms of how I could manage, potentially manage my pain. And then I managed to find a, a teacher locally. At that time, I was still in Malaysia um, who teaches Hatha Yoga, just general Hatha Yoga. There's no name, no style, no nothing. Um, and he teach uh, in a way that it's more traditional. He, he's one that hasn't got any like kind of certificate from Yoga Alliance or anything, but from grandfather to a father to him. And uh, he just worked with me more as a one-to-one, -one, very traditional way of um, um, approaching uh, my condition. And uh, that worked um, well. And very soon I decided that I'm going to take it a little bit serious and I start venturing and go a little bit of yoga shopping. So I call it yoga shopping because literally there's just so many out there and I just drop myself into um, shadow yoga, yin yoga. Uh, I've tried um, uh, Scaravelli as well for quite a number of years and Ayanga yoga. So some of you might be familiar with some of the names that I mentioned. Um, uh, all of them has, in a way, contributed to my practice today. And I find that what is most um, powerful is when I'm able to empower and reclaim myself agency to choose. Because initially, I was at a point where I wasn't sure of what would work for me, and therefore I needed more guidance and instructions. So just tell me where to put my right foot and tell me where I should stretch in my left lumbar. Um, and soon after, those instructions no longer fit what I would need for my body because the body continued to evolve, the con uh, body continued to uh, change. Every, every practice we do on the mat, um, the body's shifting, is changing, it's organic, it's responding from moment to moment. And therefore, I needed something that it's um, an evolving practice. And that's also very early on, I was lucky enough to uh, meet 
my teacher at that uh, uh, at that time, 2022 20, or so, it was really early. Uh, Donna, Donna Farhi, some of you probably uh, know, she wrote a, quite a few books if you are in the yoga um, community. And she teaches in a way that it's not style specific. She, she herself has um, lots of uh, Ayanga training before and also um, other uh, somatic work and other approaches uh, to movement. She, she used to be a dancer as well. And she has taught me how to practice rather than what to practice. And that's where I am able to adapt all those different styles because I have the vocabulary. So I just call those uh, those asana and, and sequences just vocabulary. I'm able to use those vocabulary and make up my own paragraphs and sentences and paragraphs to adapt to my flavor and how it works for my body. So it, it, I'm talking about a pedagogy of, of learning and teaching ultimately to be able to continue to evolve with me as I um, as my body changes, um, because the curvature, the pain, the, the location of the pain or discomfort or tension is changing. So it, it can't be the same, possibly can't be the same pose for the rest of my life or, or the, the, the same intensity for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's, that's such a good point. And um, yes, I mean, very often people have this, this question, you know, what, what are the three poses I should be doing? And, um, you know, we're, we're all trying to, to simplify it, of course, and, and we're all looking for that um, easy answer at, at the end of the day. And um, I mean, certainly when, when I'm looking back at, you know, my, my yoga journey and when I started practicing with you, I, I realized how much, it has changed and, and very, very similar to, to what you're saying, you know, in my, in my 20s, I just needed to move, really, I just had a desk job. And it was important for me to, to actually just get off my chair and, and move about and, and, you know, feel, feel all the, the, the power and and the flow and edged yes oh i think we broke up for a moment but hopefully we're back yeah i'm back let's see oh you're back yes <laughs> yeah. okay good let's yeah i hear i send hear some vibes to I... the internet gods please stay with us <laughs> yeah i hear you and i do hear um um students uh, over the years asking about like okay just give me three poses that would work uh, for me and I step back and think, I was thinking to myself, like, how can I give you three poses? I'm not going to give the student three poses. That's just uh, um, uh, doesn't serve the student. And I wouldn't do that. And, but over the years, I've, I've learned to understand that when someone's asking for those three poses, they probably at that moment lack confidence and um, need, just simply needed those guidance uh, to just tell me what to do first. And then uh, until I have some guide ropes that I'm able to make a choice at the very beginning, I just don't even know where to start. So where, mm -hmm. where, where should I start? Tree pose or is it sun salutation or, or is it trikonasana? 
So often how I would approach that student um, would be, um, I, I, would, I would always say that this right now, based on what we have discussed or based on the history that I know, I've seen some of uh, some assessment and know their movements. These will be the three poses that I would uh, uh, offer you, but know that it will change know that this might no longer um, uh, or even the intensity of it or the range of movement it, uh, within it or the length of time you stay uh, with the, uh, in the pose will change it could be tomorrow it could be next week it could be three months later and we will have to uh, re-evaluate so so having those little bit of uh, guide ropes for them to build confidence because one of the biggest things i feel with working with scoliosis is the fear of hurting the fear of the, the curvature might get worse i don't know what to do i'm not even sure if the teacher is experienced enough to tell me what to do so there's a lot of um hesitancy and um, um about how to approach um, the body and therefore having uh, an, a continuous support with someone that you can work with um, who understand uh, would be most helpful for you to um, develop your practice rather than just get a secret recipe for for, for um, S-curve scoliosis and mm. and all. Yeah. So so what would you say? What's if somebody is is relatively new to yoga? Maybe only has kind of had a couple of yoga sessions or um, doesn't know quite and and it's maybe overwhelmed with the choice of like if you especially now that we can go to uh, yoga studios again and or have maybe embraced the online yoga studios and we see all these names of the different types and the styles of yoga what would you what would your advice be to someone who's just kind of doesn't really know where to get started and wants to make sure they're doing something that is good for their for their bodies and for their scoliosis. Yeah, I'd like to take this opportunity maybe to invite um, you and um, people who join us uh, live right now to take uh, maybe a minute or two for a reflective um, self reflection and question if that's okay. And uh, those who are joining uh, uh, us, um, if you could sit comfortably or even lie down comfortably um, and take a moment of pause right now with eyes open or closed. You don't need to be staring at the screen. I won't be demonstrating anything. And I'd like to just offer a moment of pause and space and silence right now for you to be with yourself to sit with yourself. So dropping all the ideas and performances that you need to or expect yourself to do. allowing the most comfortable, easy breath, no effort.
And a question to internalize for yourself is why did you come to yoga or how did you come to yoga? Is there something you want, desire? What is it, the word yoga, in your idea that promises you, that continue to, continue to draw you back to this practice? And in other words, you can say that that's an intention. So what's your intention about practicing yoga? And you can be totally honest because no one needs to know unless you decide to share. And slowly blink your eyes open when you're ready. Yeah. So anything come up for you, Christine, or maybe from um, from others also? I'd love to. Mm, yes, and guys, I do encourage you to to share. Of course, if if you're willing to to share what maybe um, what maybe came came up for me for for you, and yeah, for me it was. Um, yeah, again, I, I, I really try to look at it. What is it right now for me? Because it's it's a completely different story for me What, what why I came to yoga however many years ago it is now, 20 years ago or so. Um, but w what is it that kind of makes me come, come back to it? And I, I, there was one thing, and I'm going to have to re-listen to it what you said again <laughs> but I think it was something like what what it is about the idea of yoga that makes you come back it. to it yeah mm -hmm. yeah and I think for for me it's certainly that it's so much more than uh move just movement practice because I, I sometimes ask myself, you know, what is what is the difference between doing my physio exercises or, <laughs> you know, doing yoga, right? And um, so for me, for me personally, it's it's now it's it's a time to kind of come back to myself to to reconnect, especially because I've I've got small children and my my whole focus is outwards i'm teaching yoga so i'm uh i'm i'm on here obviously so i'm sharing a lot i'm giving out a lot so that's my opportunity to to 
come back to me and and just to kind of to nurture myself and um yeah to um bring everything together i don't know if that makes sense <laughs> integration integration yes that's a nice word yeah mm -hmm. and sometimes it might be that there i have a specific you know that my back is hurting or my shoulders are aching or it might be something very specific um with the restorative practice sometimes it's now also when i um, these warning signs, you know, when, for example, for me, when I wake up in the morning and I feel exhausted already, <laughs> that's for me a warning sign. That means, you know, I'm going to have to get to my restorative practice probably <laughs> because there is, is something that is not quite right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you for sharing that, Christine. Um, any anyone has shared anything yet? Uh, I haven't got anything, but there is a little bit of a delay, so it takes a little bit of of time. I've I've just okay. got a lot of hellos here. Hello from Canada and hello from the US. So people are obviously maybe they are still um, thinking about this this question. Yeah. Um, we've got Laura I could, here. I um, offer some sorry. prompt. I, yeah so laura is saying for me it was uh, a different approach to scoliosis that included other types of movement than gym or therapeutic exercises so that's why she came to yoga i guess as a different alternative to um to managing scoliosis that's what i read from this and then she's saying holistic holistic yeah mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah thank you laura yeah i mean some might uh, when i was reflecting on this i, I asked this question to, to myself every so often um it's not something that i only asked myself like 10 years ago but like every so often now today and sometimes i i find that the first word that comes up could be pain management it could literally be uh, managing uh, uh, some tension around my back that's why i need to get onto my yoga mat or is it self-confidence or is it an aesthetic appearance of it um ease and comfort in the mind and body i'm just throwing out a few things that I've also heard um, uh, some of my students shared with me or is it learning more about yourself in order to be able to practice with scoliosis living with scoliosis and some um, quite honestly would, would share with me that, that they feel uh, that living with scoliosis there's some disability there's some dysfunction in terms of what they would like to do in their life um, being a mother or certain uh, uh, job that they do requires certain physical things that they literally just needed to to address so then their approach or intention that they would come to yoga would be quite specific to what they would need to fulfill so 
when you answer yourself that question or or that um to, to have that intention of why are you here for that intention could also change from day to day today it could literally be that achy shoulder but another day would just be i just need to feel a little bit more assured uh, confidence in how i choose my practice how i modify my trikonasana and that self-confidence might not be a a a sequence of like a secret recipe sequence that someone somebody else uh, guru could could um, offer offer you um but there's another way of uh, approaching it in terms of uh, developing self-confidence which is through the pedagogy which i'm happy to share and speak a little bit more um in a moment um but really in terms of going back to what we're discussing today which is which style of yoga would work if at the moment you're feeling that okay i don't know where to start i just need to get on a mat someone has to tell me what to do then do that there are i would say even like lots of um pilates uh, uh instructors and teachers are able to give you a set like posture or sequence to build strength if that is that is helpful for you to have a set um sequence to follow um and of course you can also get that from a, a yoga teacher your yoga teacher that okay this will be the few poses that you would repeat for the next uh next month before we review it if that's uh, what you need as in a, a little bit more firm guide but within it i would also like to have space for growth because eventually if someone were to practice only the same sequence because i was told to practice that sequence that would eventually take my self-confidence away because i'm not able to choose i was told to do this and and that dependency would grow um that unless i'm in the presence of this person or this therapist or this teacher that i'm not able to survive <laughs> or to, mm -hmm. to to continue my practice from there on so um the ultimate if i were to work with someone the ultimate ultimate uh, eventually really is yes initially giving some guide ropes uh, until the person feels confident or maybe some students are already they, they come in and they already know that they are determined they wanted to do this um i just need to give them a little bit of like okay let's enhance your sensitivity and body awareness your proprioception addressing your proprioception and also um how you um sense and feel the body that's uh, more from a somatic perspective um and that would help you navigate how to practice from there on hmm. so do you think that there is um kind of a a personality that that maybe suits a particular style of yoga does um in your experience um is a style of yoga linked to a specific teaching method or is this like completely individual and really just depends on the on the yoga teacher mm. i think naturally students would already gravitate towards the style of yoga that, that the learning learning style that works for them i would say if right now rather than asking which style of yoga is best out there that's available for scoliosis specifically like okay i have scoliosis i just need to find uh, a style of yoga or, or even just a, an approach whether it's scroff method or 
or um, Feldenkrais, uh, many different approach. Uh, maybe the question could be which style of yoga approach best match your appetite for learning um, and practice right now. Mm-hmm. So initially, just like I'm thinking uh, how a toddler, a young child would learn, initially they needed, uh, actually not true, even a young child have just different <laughs> personality about like, okay, don't tell me what to do. I'm just going to explore myself. Or yeah. those who are like, okay, just waiting for instructions before they could actually approach. So it really depends on how you, uh, um, your, how you feel about your practice right now. Um, and my job as a yoga teacher um, trainer is to facilitate and meet my students where they are and take them eventually into a place where they are self-empowered. They could actually make that choice themselves because ultimately I, I know from myself, from my experience and many, is that until, that's the secret recipe actually, until a person is able to take um, the yoga and own it themselves and be able to evolve with it from an inquiry-based practice, then the, the healing begins. The actual healing of scoliosis begins. So whether you start off with Ashtanga or whether you start off with um, hot yoga or, or Hatha or Yin, um, eventually to be able to find space for yourself to make uh, an informed choice yourself rather than just taking instructions um, and also questioning, uh, have that curiosity to keep asking questions when you're on the mat to to take you um to evolve with the practice Mm. yes yeah absolutely and i think you just um you you know very quickly if you are suited to a particular style right i that's that's what i have experienced definitely and i have been in um yoga classes and and types of yoga where if if I if it doesn't make me feel good, not on a physical level, but more of um, uh, that I feel like I'm doing something wrong all the time, or it doesn't make me feel good, then I'm out of there, right? Then I'm, you know, I'm I'm just not up for it. So if if somebody approaches it with the you do this or you do nothing then for me that's already like no i don't want to be here but other people will really like this approach right they would really enjoy i think initially uh, often initially um especially uh living with scoliosis there is already some uncertainty about what could happen in a year's time in 10 years time what's going to happen to me there's certain um uh, uncertainty about how the body is going to evolve if i do this or this practice or this particular movement. And therefore, um, often uh, the first instance, uh, a new student would come to me, they would crave and ask for a very specific uh, practice or or, um, sequence or what to do. And I would give that, but I'll give like just, just enough for them to feel that, okay, I have some structure. And having that structure within that structure, I would ask them like, 
uh, notice how you feel and um, and continue to probe for body awareness because ultimately once they have the body awareness then they are able to begin to trust themselves a little bit more in order to choose the next step which then I might then offer them okay you, you, you try this but I'm not I'm not gonna tell you like 10 breaths or is it two breaths or how long you're gonna stay in the pose it really depends on, I'll educate them in terms of how to read sensation in the body and the body can tell you how long you need to stay in the pose. Then gradually with that confidence, then they're able to grow with their practice and truly begin their healing. Otherwise it's just a cop photocopying of another someone else's practice, which mm -hmm. works for that person, which works for that person's experience, uh, that person's scoliosis or that, that teacher. Mm. So um, tell us a little bit more. You, you mentioned it a couple of times already, the um, somatic approach. And you've obviously, you, you are going to teach a, a workshop for, for my community, obviously, which is called, I'm, I'm just looking at the title, but it's called the soft spine, a somatic approach. So I was wondering if you can, and, and we've had, uh, we've, we've had James Knight here on the, on the podcast as well. He um, told us about, uh, he calls it gentle somatic yoga. So maybe for those who are not so familiar with that term or with that, would you call that a style of yoga or a type of yoga? It's, to me, it's just a vocabulary that describes, <laughs> that describe um, approaching the practice from the body, the intelligence of the body. So rather than taking uh, the vocabulary in terms of, say, move your right foot or trikonasana from the word and then translate that into a pose that you are moving, uh, it, you are approaching the practice from the body sensation and then developing the pose, which may or may not have a name, which may be quite uh, um, formless sometimes. It could be, I would call that an expression, a variation of the same pose, because that's how the energetic body, respecting the energetic body, how it's expressing itself in that moment, and it will continue to evolve. So somatic to me um, is how I approach it and teach it is often to, I uh, throw out a theme. So for example, uh, this workshop uh, that I call it the soft spine, where I'll be introducing the gut tube as a support for the bony skeletal uh, spine itself, because it's it's just lined the, the anterior of the um, spine. Um, from a more organic uh, uh, way of accessing, so we are able to embody, sense and feel the presence of it before we think about which pose to do with, with that theme. So embodying the gut tube, embodying its location, maybe its size and um, its orientation and its texture. Um, and then to, from there, able to express movement with the gut tube rather than thinking about the bony skeletal spine, just being able to express movement from the gut tube and then maybe making a form or shape that might have a Sanskrit name to it and notice how that might change the experience of, uh, of that same pose. Yeah. Mm, so it's kind of, it sounds to me like practicing from the inside out 
rather than from the outside in? Very much so. Um, it's um, why somatic approach is, uh, um, I approach it this way and I find it really intelligent uh, with the body because that has a more sustainable repatterning process when it's being embodied at a cellular level that way that mm -hmm. the longevity of that repatterning would stick and stay because it's not from here but it's already uh, happening in the body first before it gets translated into the mind oh yeah this is uh, uh oh uh, yeah this is so that's that's the book uh, the 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 word that eventually comes up uh, to like how we cognitize and and um expresses it but of mm. course, um, as I said, uh, interoception also uh, depends on someone's ability to have that body awareness and that sensitivity to be able to sense and feel. So that is a little process of uh, being able to trust a little bit more of uh, the body's able to um, uh, offer you those information. And um, I was saying about the longevity, there's one point that I wanted to share with you earlier. I was just thinking, yes, about um, proprioception and the vestibular um, being, if we want a more, lack of a better word, permanent or longer term um, effect or result or um, repatterning of the scoliosis rather than an invasive one which a surgery could do it within like 12 hours eight hours um, that it would organically gradually uh, shift and uh, change in terms of its uh, support then it would require us to recalibrate our internal navigation system which is through proprioception and through um, the vestibular because it informs us where we are in space and we know that with scoliosis sometimes that is slightly skewed and therefore yeah. straining some bits of our back or muscles in order to be uh, upright or to perform uh, certain movements so once i'm able to recalibrate that to a more accurate um, uh, respond to gravity and through movements then i'm able to make uh, my choice to choose what sequence which pose or even whatever activity that I would love to engage in beyond the, uh, off my yoga mat mm, yes yeah and that's that's all um it sounds great when you when you when you talk about it and when when you um explain it but i think it's uh this can be a process of a long time right um a, lo a lot of years it's not something well maybe for some people this happens overnight but i think sometimes this can take a long time really i would love to make have a quick experiment if we have two minutes um if if you have access to a wall i could demonstrate and and you can immediately sense and feel what i meant by proprioception and how okay. to sense and feel rather than just doing the pose so mm -hmm. uh, can i yeah yes yeah go so ahead I'll just step into my mat yeah okay so i could instruct uh, the student to simply come into all fours and extend one leg this is quite a typical movement that we could do you're not able to see the walls i have to turn a little bit so you could see the wall okay yeah uh -huh. 
Okay. So, so a student could just extend their legs, but without pressure because proprioception goes through the bones. Yeah. So if I have the students then press their feet against the wall, then they, their body, without even telling them what's happening in, the, in, in here, the body is already experiencing force and pressure coming through the bones, through the joints, to inform the rest of the body how to reorganize in order to be in this shape. So just doing that like half a minute, one minute right now, and tell me how, what you feel. Uh, maybe the audience would like to say something. Mm -hmm. or... Yes, I would do it, but I can't. I'm in my, in my yeah. office here. Okay. Camera. Yeah, that okay. would disconnect no everything to do it. But yes, if you're if you are watching this, obviously you might you might want to um, to to try this out. And uh, and I love the use of the wall and the floor, as you say, to give that to give that feedback, right? And to to understand where we are in space, because you know, and I'm sure everyone knows what I'm talking about. But when you're just standing and somebody tells you, ah, oh, you're you're not quite straight and you know you should be doing this you should be doing you should be doing this and then correcting you in a way and you feel like no then now i'm completely lopsided so um you know yeah. this is what and yeah and therefore um how i would um educate it's to educate so that the student is able to increase their uh, sensitivity uh, their proprioception and uh, how they could recalibrate themselves in response to gravity and pressure around so that that could eventually evolve from day to day like the same pose day to day is going to continue to evolve and change and and feel different and uh you know the i have the uh, online modules and one whole module is on just proprioception uh where we spend like the whole three hours on on just proprioception and then the whole uh, three hours on um, setting an intention and recalibrating our relationship with ourselves and how to move forward um, and support ourselves um, to move forward. Mm. Laura is saying, I, I felt she, she did the pose. I felt as if my whole body was much more involved in the pose. Yeah, I mean, nothing more needs to be said apart from just guiding the students to be able to experience that themselves that's it. that's the alignment i call it that's the alignment of the pose the alignment is where you can feel the force coming through the whole body through the spine to the neck and head rather than just the mus mus the muscles are helpful actually i'll be explaining a lot more about this during the workshop um about like what's the difference between uh, working with the muscles and then working with bones in order to feel the proprioception of it and mm. of course there's um the longer program where if you want to go deeper then then um that's the online program did i did i share already with you the online um program dates christine uh no you haven't um yes do tell us so liz liz okay. is just saying your upcoming workshop sounds intriguing i've worked through james knight's practices and taro Iwamoto's routine Iwamoto. Routine. <laughs> you're better at this they are very Japanese, helpful yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah work with that if you find it really helpful then that, that might be um what you can work with for a while until you feel that oh, okay i would like something um different or 
would in inspire you. Um, mm. Lauren. So Lauren obviously did the post and and found it quite different uh, from from one side to the other, which is also always interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's how the body um, it's going to register and learn and uh, start to recalibrate. So how could you um, sh how could you approach it in a way that you feel more centered, integrated as a whole piece? So rather than just thinking about the glutes that's working, rather than thinking about your hamstring that's contracting because you're um, uh, lifting the leg and extending the leg, could you feel the whole body as one unit right up to your shoulders, neck and head on both sides? So that's mm -hmm. how the body then gradually um, um, repattern. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I'll share yes. uh, with you, uh, Christine, about the program uh, and you can add it uh, at, at yeah. the bottom of the description yes. it's starting yes. actually next month oh okay uh, the the the, prog the 10 module program uh so in april do you have an exact date yes i do it's um beginning of april <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. on the 8th and 9th uh, on the 8th or 9th of April, I'll have module one and module two. There are 10 modules. Um, so, mm -hmm. so two modules a month. Okay, so, brilliant. Um, oh, two modules a month. And then people can join, encouraged to join live probably. But I think um, uh, if I remember correctly, you record them as well, don't you? Yeah, recording. Yeah, recording is available, but if you're joining live, obviously you can interact and ask questions and, and uh, I can also witness your practice. So that's uh, really nice to be able to uh, uh, offer you some uh, suggestion if I see anything. But of course, if those of you who uh, follow my recording in the past, they would email me separately if they have any question. But those 10 modules, I've carefully selected those uh, topics and, and, and those are those topics are carefully selected to support how to live with and practice scoliosis. So it's, it's not just about a set of poses that I'll be offering, but more so how do, do we uh, shift and change our, our life to include um, uh, living with scoliosis. So it would include postures and positions. It would also include, yes, there's a module on core strengthening and then another module on meditation also. Mm. Brilliant. Good. Excellent. Yes, we'll include this obviously um, in the in the description. Um, is there anything else you wanted to to share that we haven't maybe? I know it's uh, time always goes so quickly. <laughs> hmm. But is there I anything else really you want to encourage? Yeah, I would really encourage you to join uh, the Shine membership so that you have lots of resources because Christine has spent so much of her energy and time to put together so uh, like resources from uh, a guest as well as her own uh, recording. And she, she's just so generous with uh, what she offers in her membership. So do join that. Um, and for those of you who would like to connect with me, of course, um, I'm sure my website, uh, uh, Christine will share my website uh, also, which is essentially adelinechong.com. <laughs> no surprise. And mm -hmm. uh, you'll also find um, if you'd like to work with me uh, on the yoga scoliosis program online, then that's the one that I've been talking about uh, that starts in April. I'm offering it once only this year. 
Excellent. Lovely. Yes. So great opportunity, obviously, for anyone who wants to dive in deeper. And Gail is saying um, great stuff. You always find the best people to interview. Oh, thank you, Gail. <laughs> Good. Lovely. Thank you so much, Adeline, for this. I, uh, I'm sure this gives us a lot to reflect on and, and think about and um, meditate on. Um, and yeah, thank you so much mm. for your time today. Just in case anyone is still waiting for the answer, like which is the best <laughs> best style of yoga <laughs> after watching like the whole, whole after thing. watching fifty minutes um, of <laughs> fifty minutes. Um, so I would like to kind of summarize it in like just yeah. a couple of sentences. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. Like so that it's worth watching after all. Um, yeah, so at the moment, if you feel that you need a little bit more um, structure and guidance, it, it of course really depends on the yoga teacher. Um, but I find um, that uh, Pilates can be really helpful with very specific uh, strengthening work. But I find that uh, what's lacking often when I go to a, a Pilates class is there's a lot of strengthening work, but there's not enough releasing work, in which case I would probably uh, enjoy like Alexander technique or uh, Feldenkrais um, uh, technique in terms of finding release and somatic work. Because um, when I teach my class, so, uh, the somatic yoga classes, I often have components of all this within it. So there will be release work and then, of course, uh, moving into movement, hydration and hydrating the tissue and organs, um, then strengthening. So you can have a flavor of that um, uh, if you'd like to join the uh, somatic yoga classes that I offer online. Um, but those would give you a little bit more structure in terms of um, practicing and then take it from there. If you'd like to uh, feel that you're, you have a little bit more space for creativity to be able to uh, continue to evolve your practice, then I would highly recommend going for a somatic approach um, um, so that there is space and also the pedagogy of the teacher uh, teaching it. There's space for you and even encourage you to explore and try and, and feel the difference in your body rather than just telling you what to do because eventually the body is going to give up on um, trusting itself if it's always being told mm -hmm. what to do. Um, mm -hmm. So eventually I would still um, uh, consider exploring um, a more somatic approach and the ped pedagogy that uh, is more inquiry based. Mm. Okay, so it's kind of like that's how much summary. <laughs> that's the summary, how much structure is is needed right now. Um, mm -hmm. And, yeah, and you of know, course, I, also, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And also, of course, uh, depends if if your body is feeling um, a lot of chronic pain at the moment, certain practices might not be appropriate. It might not be just about strengthening, strengthening and, and hardening the tissue. So I would definitely consider some restorative, more release work, um, not necessarily stretching even. It, it's different. Stretching and releasing is different. So so uh, more somatic uh, uh, pendiculation and, and work like this um, than just going for like core strengthening and, and, and all. So it depends on how, where you are and your intention, your intention of coming to the practice at that moment. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm happy to speak about that. 
coming back to that inquiry, obviously that that we that we did. So I, I think that kind of brings us uh, full circle here. Um, so yes, and it's definitely a, a topic that is so interesting, you know, and and we could talk probably four hours about this. <laughs> mm. But yeah, thank you so much, Adeline. And uh, thank you so much for everyone who's been watching. I think everyone's really um, appreciated this. And Liz is saying thank you so much. Very helpful. And yeah, um, next week um, I'm going to do an open Q&A actually. Um, so I'm going to take some questions from the Facebook group. And then the week after we've got uh, Celeste Pereira on the on the um, podcast who's going to be talking about hypermobility. So that's another very interesting topic and often related to scoliosis. Good. So thank mm. you, Adeline. Stay on yeah. for a moment. And um, I'm just going to end the, the broadcast here. Thanks very much. Thank you. Namaste, everyone. Just really want to say an honor to share. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I would be super grateful if, if you could leave me a five-star rating and review, which will help me to create lots more amazing content. If you have any questions or suggestions, reach out to me on Instagram at yogaberry.scoliosis or visit my website at www.yogaberry.net.